Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, John Helmkamp, Matthew Betts, and Matt Okada. Oh my gosh. I feel so bad for anyone that wasn't just watching the intro there, or I should say is watching, because you can't see our faces during it. Okada was literally just flexing in the camera <laughs> the entire time, and I have no idea why. Welcome into the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we are currently live on YouTube and on Periscope and Twitter. At Red Shirts FF Pod is the handle for that. And if you're watching on YouTube or on, on you know Periscope, you're like, man, there are three faces on this screen. I know two of them. The third one is not who I normally see. We have Jason Moore of the Fantasy Footballers with us today. Unfortunately, John could not be with us uh, during the work hours. So we have Jason filling in. Jason, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up? I am doing fantastically busy. Uh, life is life is well. Family is happy and healthy. Things are good. Today has been insane. Um, and I'm so happy to be here with two of my favorite people out there. Hey, we'll take it. Um, and for this, our listeners who don't know, uh, Okada and myself met writing for the Fantasy Footballers, mm. Jason, Andy, Mike. So we will always be thankful for that opportunity. I, of course, still write for them. Um, I made a good decision to stay on the team. Okada <laughs> up and left. He just left us for some reason. Uh, but I went to work we got... on that stage behind Jason. That's, what <laughs> yeah, I did. that's right. That's right. Uh, but we got uh, the three of us back together here. Super excited to talk football today and to talk about our bold predictions for the 2020 Ooh. season guys i want some spicy takes like i want the fire i want like not just like oh uh, this guy is gonna be a top 12 running back i want some good takes from you guys today so i'm super excited to get into that before we do this is the final reminder we've been saying it for like four weeks straight the Devontae adams signed jersey giveaway ends tomorrow if you're watching this live if you're listening in your podcast app and it's wednesday it ends today the details to get in that contest or at the pin tweet on the show account at Richard's FF pod. We've said it enough. If you missed it by now, uh, I'm sorry, you're too late. Uh, all right, guys, let's get into a little bit of brief news and then we're going to get right into the hot takes for today's show. I got great news, guys. All right, fellas, the inevitable has happened. Of course, we've kind of been waiting for this potentially to come down uh, as far as the news. Ezekiel Elliott is among other Cowboys and Texans players who have tested positive for COVID-19. And I don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about like what that specifically means for him because it's early. It's still June. Of course, he could recover. He says he's doing well, which is great. But does this change your guys' draft strategy at all for 2020? No. I'm going to say no. Um, I mean, unless we hear otherwise, and Betts, correct me if I'm wrong, but anyone who has it now is gonna it's gonna be gone by the time even training programs really kick into full gear, and certainly by the time the season rolls around. So that anyone who comes out now, I'm not too concerned about. If something if it's still going on when September hits, which is pretty likely at this point, I'm guessing, and we're seeing guys you know, crop up with it, that's going to take them out for a couple weeks at least. So that will be more tough. But I don't think it changes the draft strategy because we can't know what's going to happen or how. 
Yeah, I would, I would say the only way that it, it changes draft strategy is if you want to take more of an approach of depth mattering this year, knowing that, you, look, there will be some players in fantasy football who get COVID. And when that happens, they're going to be out at least two weeks, maybe mm -hmm. three. So maybe that makes, you know, we were talking about this on the fantasy footballers, maybe backups like a Chase Edmonds, we don't usually draft handcuffs, but maybe we do because there is an added layer of, uh, you know, of, of the possibility of, players going down not just to injury but to injury or illness and um you know in the case of Zeke if anything it makes him safer right because if if there are antibodies and he can't get it through the season you know he that's one thing removed for him to uh possibly come down with yeah that's a great point as far as the timeline I mean obviously right now the the orders are basically like if you get this um illness you quarantine for two weeks right so that's kind of the timeline that we can assume is going to happen for this recovery. These players presumably are all in good health and should recover well. So we will see kind of what happens there as far as that's concerned. Uh, but more to come, I'm sure, throughout the season. Uh, breaking news <laughs> live here on the show. Some random dude just popped up in the studio right now. Okada, do we have an overlay for four people? Uh, yes. Oh. Let's try this. It won't have the right names, but let's try it. That's per. It doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't even matter. Welcome to the show, Derek <laughs> Brown, aka Mike Wright. Yeah, yeah. Mike, what's up, dude? Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers, everybody. Hijacking your show. <laughs> and in three, two, one, here comes Andy. Just wait for oh, it. I don't have a five-man overlay. I don't know if streamer <laughs> can do that. What's up, boys? How you doing, man? I uh, look. I'm. Everything is everything. <laughs> Yeah, that's a these, pretty good summary. These how I can tell you this: well my fam my family is healthy. That's good. So, step one. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Step one: family is healthy. Step two: hopefully, you guys are staying healthy. Uh, step three: the ballers are still crushing it. Uh, how are things going over at Ballers HQ? Are you guys more in the studio or at home, or what's kind of the the deal these days? So we're in there two days a week, and and honestly, I mean, I'm very happy to talk about the fantasy footballers, but I would, that's not why I came in here. I, I, we didn't come in to hijack your stream. We came in because you're friends of the show. I knew Jason was going on. I I had nothing else on the docket and like I'd be doing this for whatever, 20, 30 minutes. It, that's 30 minutes. I don't have to go just be dad of the children. <laughs> well, in that case, uh, you're welcome. Uh, guys, let's get into the next piece of news here. And this is kind of with injury. Bummer, man. Eagles guard Brandon Brooks tore his Achilles. This is the opposite Achilles of what he tore last year. He's going to miss the entire season. PFF's Eric Eager put this out on Twitter. There have only been five guard seasons graded in pro football focus history that have been more valuable than Brandon Brooks last year. Mm. Fellas, what are we doing? Does this change the needle at all, uh, so to speak, on Miles Sanders? It, it did for me. I, I adjusted Miles Sanders. I adjusted Carson Wentz a little bit. Uh, the interception total going up. So, I, yeah, I, I took a look at the Eagles. It wasn't a drastic move, uh, but it matters. I mean, you can't, you know, too often the offensive line is thought of as as an afterthought. You know, when you go back and you look in hindsight and you're like, oh, Todd Gurley was great because they made giant improvements to their offensive line. Oh, Todd Gurley struggled because their offensive line was bad. This matters. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for um, me, he's currently RB11 at the end of a tier, so it's going to be tough for me to knock him down a tier. We will see how I feel about that by the time my full projections are done and I you know, slide those into the rankings, but I don't know. He's going to be on that fringe. 
Now, now, Matt, when you are finding time for projections, mm. like I guess I should say, I should phrase, how do you find time for the projections with all the swashbuckling mm. that you are, <laughs> you great, are doing? It's a great Here's question. the thing. It's a swashbuckling in the day, projections at night. So okay, but that's burning the candle on both ends. I mean, that's it dangerous. Is. It's, it's going to get you. Swashbuckling in general is dangerous. I live on the edge. What can I say? The, the most difficult part of doing this podcast is 100% the fact that there is video because your facial hair, Okada, <laughs> is, is, a, is a thing of, of another era. It is unbelievable. Not many people can rock what you're rocking on your face. But it's, and the and have the confidence for a uh, for a tank top. Yeah, I mean, especially with this the, this tank top tan that I've got going on here. That is a different shape tank top. You yeah, are this is not working out at all. Do you not wear regular shirts? No. What is happening Never. up there? No. Get him out of here. You try swashbuckling in a full t shirt, Mike. That you lost that. That's an excellent point. I have just turned into a logo. Oh, I'm there. I'm back. There we yeah, go. That's an excellent point, Jason. That I think it's like the puffy shirt. You swashbuckle in a puffy shirt for for range of motion. Yeah, that's true. Now everyone has the wrong name. Guys, we are this is great. <laughs> no, this is better. No, this no, is let's, better. Let's, let's keep it like just this. Just leave it. I got kicked from the studio. I'm back in. This is officially my favorite podcast already. And nothing has <laughs> even happened chaos. as far as any... <laughs> absolute chaos is ensuing um yes guys okada literally doesn't ever wear anything that isn't a backwards hat and a tank top and i presume some sort of three quarters cut off pants uh on the bottom i assume i respect uh, I my wear pants yeah with his oh, pe- with i respect his, that too and with his peg for on his yeah. leg yeah yeah no, yes <laughs> now your your parrot is doing what at the moment uh sleeping because mm. You know, it's coming on nighttime now, so okay, okay. We switch from swashbuckling to projections. Okay, now are you more of a cannon guy or a a a, a rapier type of a fellow? Cutlass. It's like oh, cutlass. cutlass. Oh, yeah, yeah, a yeah. cutlass. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, rapier delicate. Get too, it out of here. Too delicate. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cut those rapiers in half with my cutlass. <laughs> I'm a pirate jokes. He's uh, an old mobile guy, Mike. <laughs> All right. Bets, are you alive? I think Bets is frozen. We lost Bet. Bets. All Wait, right. I, okay, so I'm yep. going to I'm going to direct this next question to uh to John. John uh John Helmkamp. Oh, true, true. Mm-hmm. John, yes. um your how are you feeling what 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 are we talking about on this show? Are we doing hot takes? Uh, well, right, we are talking about hot takes. <laughs> right now we're talking about the Eagles and how they're falling apart. Okay, so John, John Hot takes. Give it to me. Give it to me straight. Alshon Jeffrey, no timetable to return. Who, mm. There's no There's no wide receivers. Why, when I selected Jalen Rager at the end of the rookie draft, why was that the best pick of the first round? <laughs> uh, look, I was just saying I moved uh, Miles Sanders and his rankings and Carson Wentz. I also adjusted Jalen Rager, moved him way up, Alshon down. I expect Alshon to miss six games. Uh, I would say a lot of the reason for that is because of our man, uh, Matt Okada, who's an injury expert uh, up here. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, his his Alshon write up is very telling. And uh, I, you know, I think he will start the season on the pop. Mm, yeah. Very and interesting. Even yes, when he does actually, come back, this is an old hobbled Alshon Jeffrey 
I don't know if he ever comes back 100% this season. Jalen Rager's, I might have to consider switching him and Justin Jefferson in terms of this season rookie value. Who am I going to draft? Because I've been hard on Justin Jefferson, but this might change it. Mm. I I love to hear it. I love to hear it. Do you guys have any Rager um, shares? mm -mm. I got a few. I got some some Jefferson shares. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Of course. Matt Okada has a few. He's an Eagles fan. Yeah. Uh, hey. <laughs> the worst part about this is we often get questions, but people are kind of tune in and they're like the first time listeners are like, which one of you is best? Which one of you is Okada? <laughs> this is gonna go so well for the next like two it's, or three weeks. Uh, it's me, Derek. I cannot, I cannot wait. I can change my happens. voice if you guys want me to. Uh yeah, let, let's hear what that would what that would sound like. It's me, Derek. <laughs> hey, that everybody. Sounds like that. That's, that sounds like Brooks. If you wanted to what? go full, oh, <laughs> if you wanted to go full, Derek, you would go with the huge Louisiana drawl because that—that's oh, what he yeah. actually sounds like. Has he got a lower voice? Has he got uh, a lower? No, that's in the middle. I'd say in the middle. Yeah. Hey, everybody, oh. it's me, Derek. Derek, <laughs> D Bro underscore FFB. <laughs> Oh my God. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know, Derek. What's up, Derek? Oh my gosh, we are completely off the rails. We got to kick it back to Mike, okay? We got to kick it back to Mike because we're gonna all right go right into the bold predictions. Ooh! And he said he might he might not be here that much longer. He said he only can stay for twenty minutes, thirty minutes. Mike, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Mm. Hit me with a bold prediction for 2020. You, I don't know if you are. Do you guys have like music? Do you got sound effects? Because this one's hot. I think you're making them. Oh, yeah, you, you, you're. Well, the problem is I can't get my take and get my Cuba beat. Oh. Thank you. There it is. There it is. Antonio Gibson will be a lead winning running back. Oh. oh! Wow! 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 That's that right. I hot. said it. With the shoulder shrugs, I, I don't know if I can even handle that. Um, give us a little bit of rationale. Why Why is that? All right, step one. Take five minutes. Go Google Antonio Gibson highlights. Then mm. And tell me this player can't play in the NFL. Uh, and if you try to say, to say that to me, I'll say, you're, you're dumb. You're wrong. You didn't watch the film. He is incredible. His path has been arduous and, and, and has taken a while. Look. You can look at, well, why does he only really have one year of production? Look, the guy had problems. The guy had grade problems. He had to go to JUCO right out of, right out of high school. And then he was so good, he got his way right to a D1 school. Unfortunately, that school included Tony Pollard and Daryl Henderson, two guys who were drafted into the NFL, who are having success in the NFL. So, uh... Uh, my apologies if if uh, rookie to that school wasn't able to earn playing time behind two eventual mm. NFL players. You go and you watch him playing. His his limited touches, but he still just is absolutely crushing. Uh, he, he, he look at his body type. He's ginormous, and yet he is still an absolute athletic freak. He is a running back that can catch passes just like a wide receiver because he has played both positions. Who does that remind you of? Oh, maybe his name is David Johnson, who when he was coming out, that was the thing that was touted. He was a wide receiver turned into a running back because of the because of his body type. 
Let's add in on that. Let's let's keep the narrative going. Draft day, Ron Rivera whispers the name. He reminds me of Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Let's Ooh. look. Let's uh. look. Let's keep it going. Who's calling plays for this team? Well, Ron Rivera is involved. Also, offensive court, offensive coordinator, who is the son of Norv Turner, who is the legendary one running back coach who saw Christian McCaffrey and LT hit the best possible season, fantasy seasons that a running back can possibly hit. And that's why I and, – and, okay, let's keep going. Let's keep moving this train forward. <laughs> Who is in front of Antonio Gibson right now? Uh, about five to eighty people who aren't that good. Okay, but a well, lot. Okay, well, okay. I, I would disagree with the amount of people that are in front of him, but I won't disagree with your take on the talent. I do think Darius Geis is good. I do believe that if Darius Geis is healthy, he will actually be a good NFL running back. But it it's up against it, man. The, the probability is not with Darius guys. You do not go into your third year having basically done nothing in the NFL and then amount to something. He could, he has the ability, but that's, that's it. To me, Darius guys is the only player in front of Antonio Gibson. I do not consider Adrian Peterson in front of Antonio Gibson. I don't consider Peyton Barber to be in front of Antonio <laughs> Gibson. Like the path is very clear even if the team isn't great, let okay, let's let's keep the train moving further. And you're like, well, if if Terry McLaurin is going to be good for fantasy, how can Antonio Gibson possibly be be good at the same time on a team that projects to be pretty bad? You know who was not great? The Carolina Panthers. That did not stop DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey from being awesome for fantasy purposes. I stand by it. Antonio Gibson by the end of the year will be a league winner. Wow, wow, wow. That's a lot to unpack because the train just kept going and going. Once the going. train hit the whole momentum. <laughs> it's so far away. So, I can barely see it. That's so with fine. That said, you, like, where, and that's where the problem. Okay, here, here you go. That's the problem with the train. When you when when the barriers come down, you're like, what? What is what is going on? This is so stupid. I don't even see it. Whoa! <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go across because that train would have killed me. <laughs> and that's what's happening with Antonio Gibson. Where am I taking him in drafts? Mike, where are you t taking Antonio Gibson in, in drafts? Define drafts. Redraft, rookie drafts. Redraft. 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 Twenty. Will you take him? In redrafts? Heck yes, I will take Antonio Ooh. Gibson. I will take him I, because I can take him with my last pick or my second to last pick where it doesn't matter if he hits on week one. Like Antonio Gibson will be hard for me because – if I take him on my last pick and it doesn't work out week one, I'm probably not going to drop him. If it doesn't work week two, I'm probably not going to drop him. But that's mm. just that's just my belief in the player. For most players out there, if Gibson doesn't hit week one, it's fine. It's no big deal. You can drop him and move on. Wow. Fair enough. All right, that was that's that's a good way that to start. Was hot. This, this yes, whole it was day. definitely hot. Uh, Okada wanted to do. Uh, we're going to rate it from zero. Or one yeah, this 10, was I guess. a ten on heat How hot? and a one on. It could happen. Oh, you got. <laughs> I can't I wait. It's not a one. Schedule it's not me. a one. Schedule it's... me on the neck on on a show one year from now when you're like Antonio Gibson, second round pick. Well, the <laughs> nice thing is, all he has to do is be a consistent starter at some point, and he could help you win considering the draft price. So the the expectation doesn't have to be super high. That's true. Yeah. All right, John slash Jason, you're up, my friend. We got. <laughs> 
All right, I so I'm not going quite as far down in the list as uh, Julio Antonio Jones Gipton. is going to be really good. <laughs> oh man, you spoiled it. Um, but that I was do your think, voice. I do think Julio Jones is going to be good this year. <laughs> True, he's going to be a top ten wide receiver <laughs> in his conference. Um, oh and I, 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 I for that one too. Yeah, so I'm going to take I'm going to take the layup. No, I I uh, I believe that Marquise Hollywood Brown will lead the NFL in receiving Ooh. touchdowns in Hollywood. 2020. Um, you you know, I, I see him as uh, the same, you know, overall upside minus a little bit of the passing volume that Tyree Kill has. Hollywood Brown is a guy who in college was unbelievable. You just watch the highlight after highlight. When I was scouting Baker Mayfield, you know, before Hollywood was, uh, you know, a name on my radar because I'm not a college guy. I just kept going, who is this guy? His routes were excellent. His speed was otherworldly. And then he gets injured. And while injured is a first round draft pick dealt with injury last year because, you know, that's the world that he was living in. And he still dominated. I mean, I, you know, on he didn't play that many snaps. You look at last year and you've got the middle of the season where he's 40% of snaps, 39% of snaps, um, you know, but look. Look to where, you know, they really need him. Look to the the playoffs, right, when it's like, okay, we've been resting him. Now he gets 11 targets, 7 receptions, 126 yards, and now he's coming into year two with the MVP of the league throwing him the ball and not a lot of competition. It's Mark Andrews and, you know, and, and Hollywood. So to me, I, I think that Hollywood will – he's going to be one of the type of players where you're going to get four or five or six – long bomb touchdowns that you can't predict on a weekly basis, but they're going to be there. And I also think his speed and route running is going to be able to be used around the goal line. So you're going to sell out to stop the run because that's what you have to do with the Ravens. And it reminds me, you know, the, the Andrews and Hollywood reminds me a lot of the Travis Kelsey, Tyree kill. I believe in the talent. I believe in the quarterback. I believe in the offense. And the great news is, Hollywood is not an expensive prospect right now. Draft-wise, dynasty-wise, I still think he is a buy low, even for the owners that got excited with some of the things you saw on the field because he was, you know, he was on and off the field in his rookie season. Okada doesn't like it. Okada does not well, like it. So here's the thing that you need to know uh, ahead of time is you brought up a hot Marquise Brown take into a Marquise Brown hating podcast. <laughs> we are not fans almost across the board, but Let's just set aside Ooh. the let's just set aside the general Marquise Brown hate. Here's my only issue. The year that Tyree Kill had 12 touchdowns, which still didn't lead the league, but it was close to it, his quarterback threw 50. Mm-hmm. So Fair point. like Lamar Jackson. Lamar's gonna it, throw 51. No, he's not. There's no <laughs> way Lamar Jackson throws more well, than 30. Let me ask you this. Who threw the most touchdowns in the NFL last year? He did, was but it was, it was a lot less was Lamar than 50. Jackson, wasn't it? Yes, but 36? it was like 32? Was, 30, so, so 32. 36. And and how many did 32. Hollywood Brown have last year? <laughs> like with, seven with his... or seven? I want to say seven. seven. So so he threw with the most limited in, work. in limited work True. with with a busted foot. Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Okada, uh, can you please give me the prognosis for someone returning <laughs> from a, a – he had a, a Jones fracture, is, am I correct? No, he had the Liz Frank surgery. Oh yeah, the Liz, yeah, the Liz Frank. Yeah, the Liz Frank. I always so, get those confused too. <laughs> yeah. So, so give me, me the prognosis. Like, 
Should he have should he have done what he did recovering from a Liz Frank injury? No. And that's why hmm. in the rookie process, hmm. the rookie scouting process, so Kyle and I both said stay away early. It's probably not going to be, you know, year one is probably not going to be it for him. We still think he's got the speed and he's explosive, but that injury takes that away. And we just talked about it with Alshon Jeffrey. Um, it's better prognosis for younger players, but we know back on the field, the first season is always worse than the second season. Oh, that's great. So, mm. yeah, maybe. Now, is this maybe. coming season the first season? Then, or is it that, the second that, I am actually a little worried now. No. Oh, Jerry, it's the not. One, it's the second. The one was the first bad season was the one he just he just was like really good at. Okay, mm. cool. Cool. Oh, that's These are interesting takes. <laughs> cool. This is uh, the, the first most recent season. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I'm glad I, to see that he's going to be healthy because the version we saw last year was not his peak. Um, and so it's it's interesting to both say that I, you know, you you two are two of my favorite people in the industry that, you know, are, are, are doing your thing outside of the fantasy footballers and yet also know that this is an anti-Hollywood Brown <laughs> podcast because those those two things – they don't how many does he need? They don't connect in, in my heart. How many how does many? he need? Yeah, to pull this off. I, I think 12 can get it done. I mean, last okay. year you only had two players that had double digit receiving touchdowns. And you know, when Pat Mahomes threw 50, you you had, you know, so many of those little uh tap pass, you know, Kareem Hunt had seven touchdowns. Oh, yeah, you know, it's tap like pass. Oh, you gotta tap that. Tap, pass. tap, tap, pass. could get some of those to be fair. He could actually yeah. Marquis. Yeah, I will say uh, in redraft, I'm actually kind of rising on Hollywood Brown, and it's because of the fact that there's no one else there to catch the football. Now, obviously, the efficiency from Lamar last year was ridiculous with the 9% touchdown rate. That's coming down. Mm -hmm. But if the the offense isn't going to run the ball as much as they did last year, which how could they? They ran the ball literally every single play. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, as like your wide receiver three, uh, an upside flex play, wide receiver three every week, I'll take it. I just don't know when it's going to come, and that's the tricky part. And when, when, you're, when you when you say no one's there to catch the ball, I do not that I want to tout him for fantasy purposes, but A Willie Sneed. <laughs> no, no, not well. One Willie Sneed, yeah, he's got the need, but no, true. <laughs> A third round pick last year, who was an absolute. He, you go look at his athletic measurables, and the the bars break the charts. Miles Boykin, man, and he did absolutely nothing. Maybe he's just a bust in the NFL, or. Maybe Marquise Brown gets it together. Maybe Miles Boykin gets it together. And all of a sudden, we're talking about uh, the Lamar Jackson touchdown regression that's going to happen in 2021 because we all look really stupid that he repeats in 2020. <laughs> we shall see. We had a, a live comment come in uh, from Steve DZ7. Oh, what's hot, up, Steve? Hot, hot. He says yes. three hots. So I think that's a 10 on the hot scale yep. uh, for that. And uh, clearly, Steve is talking about my Antonio Gibson take because well, that one is, is very spicy. It's it spicy. Is. That is the hottest. I don't actually know right. which one's spicier so far, but we'll see. Okada, okay. Our show doc literally says under your name, it says something about a team. Dot dot dot. So, ooh, say something about a team. That one. All right, all right. You want to go with that one? All right. So this is actually my pivot because one of my other uh, prepped bold predictions. It turns out Jason had taken from me. Oh, really? We had, Ooh. yeah, we didn't, we didn't look at each other's beforehand, and so I made a, a prediction that is going to be one of yours, but we'll get to it maybe. So one? this one, this one is very, uh, 
relevance to our guests because it's about a certain team that they are fans of. So there will only be one team in 2020 that has a QB one an RB one and a wide receiver one. And it's the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. Now, this is bold for two reasons. Number I'm one, listening. that's a relatively low number. Two years ago, there were five teams that did this. Last year, there was only one. It was the Cowboys, but the Chiefs, uh, or no, the the Ravens, Saints, Seahawks, Browns, and Packers all barely missed it by one player. The Seahawks, Tyler Lockett missed wide receiver one by one spot. So that was really, really close. So only getting one team is not that common. But the real reason I feel like it's hot is because of the teams that I'm kind of cutting out and putting the Cardinals in. So obviously we know Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenyon Drake. Those are the guys. I don't even think it's very hot to say that they're all going to be ones at their respective positions. It's hot if you look at my rankings. Mine either. But here's here's where I'm getting a little spicier. So Packers, Aaron Jones falls out of RB1 territory, if he's even there now for most people. Browns, Nick Chubb, and Baker Mayfield don't make it. I think a lot of people would have both of those guys in there. Chiefs, no RB1. You guys can get out of here with your CEH love. I've already allowed the Marquise Brown talk. No, no, no on CEH. That's, One of my bold that's predictions, the hill. One of my bold predictions that I had written down that I, I just deleted for the show was that Clyde Edwards-Alaire will be a draft day bust for 2020. Oh, I, nice. Because, because I go. do... I do think right now where he's going versus how he's going to start the season is not going to work out. You right. guys, you guys are not thinking about fantasy football in totality. <laughs> like Clyde Edwards-Alaire could get the starting position in Week Seven and end up as a running back one. Yeah, for your non-playoff team, enjoy sitting on the outside mm. and being like, "But he was so good at the end." I'm just saying that's. I you, will you, trade for him, and I will. I'm just I don't saying, hate that. I don't. Hate I'm that. saying that. I like that. A person who Jonathan can Taylor. a person who can take over in week seven and be and finish the year as a running back one is not a draft day bust. You can they're very very inconsistent, but you cannot you cannot possibly call someone who finishes in the top ten a bust. He still I, I, has I mean, to take the job exclusively and then dominate with it. He doesn't have to take it exclusively. Jamal Charles almost never had the job exclusively, but he was the clear bell cow. Was he? Isn't that what a yes? That's what a bell cow played like little complimentary things. Was he? Uh, I think so. <laughs> I mean, would you call Alvin so Kamara confident. a bell cow? Because he's going to get you know two hundred carries would, and all the receiving work. Alvin Kamara was a bell cow last year. Then yes. Jamal Charles was not a in. No, no, yeah. but, no. Last year, but when Mark Ingram was there, Alvin Kamara was not a bell cow. But the Chiefs never had a Mark Ingram. They had Spencer Ware. That's not the same. I'm just saying, go look at the snaps. All, All right. right. Sorry, I interrupted <laughs> on the on this. Well, okay, uh, there's only a couple teams left. Cowboys miss on wide receiver. No wide receiver makes into wide receiver one territory, although I have another hot take about that as well. Saints miss on quarterback. Drew Brees doesn't make it. Panthers miss on quarterback. If you guys want to throw another team at me, feel free. But those are the top offense I think you're going to miss. <laughs> Ooh, Cardinals Teddy, are the only Teddy one. Teddy Bridgewater, not top 12 quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't that's make it. That's a hot take, man. Sorry. <laughs> That's a one, Okada, on the uh, the hot scale there. <laughs> um, how? How do the, the Cowboys not have a, a wide receiver one? Oh, even... we'll, we'll get there. Don't All right, I'll, I'll pause. I'll pause. I'll save that for my um, next one. Because we, we know what Amari Cooper is, and Mike knows best. I mean, it's, it's this guy. Mm, I, um, know who, I know who he is. In the lineup, he's out of the lineup. 
I'm but afraid that other people don't year. know who he is, though. Yes, at the end of the year, <laughs> he will be a wide receiver one. So he uh, is yes, who he says he is. <laughs> it's relatively hot. I think it's like a four, though, man. I don't. I don't think it's that hot. Okay, I'm just saying. All right, All right. my board prediction. The show doc says Russell Wilson season, and of course it's spelled like the cool kids spell it S Z N because I hear that's cool nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, fellas, Russell Wilson's finishing as the quarterback one this year. Now it's not oh. that hot from a oh he's never done it before because he did it. It was just a few years ago. And if I pull up the consistency charts in the Fantasy Footballers Ultimate mm-hmm. Draft Kit, we see that he was the the quarterback one in 2017. So it wasn't that long ago, right? But now everyone is saying Lamar Jackson. Everyone's saying Pat Mahomes. Everyone loves Dak this year. Kyler's coming up. And mm. Russell Wilson's just sitting there like, you know what, guys? I was quarterback four last year, and my offensive coordinator literally just dragged me backwards. He grabbed my jersey and he just dragged me backwards. But this running back room is hurt, and it is injured, and this defense is bad. It That's is going to be the worst defense. <laughs> well, he's going to try. Not- DJ Dallas, 25 <laughs> carries a game. <laughs> this defense is going to be the worst it's been in the last decade guys i could honestly see russell wilson coming out setting the world on fire this year throwing touchdown passes to dk metcalf tyler lockett whoever's playing tight end he's gonna take over mm. i think he might win mvp this year guys Ooh, MVP I love, winner I love and the, the quarterback one i love the take of saying you know over uh, you know over lamar jackson over pat mahomes that seems spicy and impossible um, so I, I would definitely say it's worthy, even though he's done it before in today's day and age, I, I would be, you know, this season, I would be very surprised if it happens. So I guess that makes it, makes it bold. I'd also be curious what his rushing numbers were that year, because he does not rush as much as he used to. That's true. Let's see. Yeah. What, 2017 the year that that was happened, the, year? the team. 2017, the year that that happened, the, the Seahawks ranked 23rd in rush yards per game as a team. And obviously, the last two years, they were top six. So this only works if the run game doesn't work. Which hey, he, he rushed for 586 that year with three touchdowns. Yeah, that's pretty nice. And last, last two years, he was in the mid-300s. So with Lamar out there now rushing and Kyler and Dak and Mahomes' yards and touchdown upside... I don't see this being possible. I think it's more likely he wins MVP, although I don't think the Seahawks are going to be very good. Well, they're going to be all right, but they're not going to be like top playoff team, which is usually what it takes to get MVP. I mean, if they make it to the playoffs and they win a game or two, it's going to be because of Russ. He could. Yes, It's not going to be because of this defense. So that's the basis for this take. Uh, Mike, we can go back to you, man. Do you have a second one? Point? I, I, I have a second one and you guys will get a sneak preview because this is, uh, the, the next episode of the fantasy footballers, which we are recording tomorrow. So Jason, I apologize. You'll get to hear me get impassioned about this take two days in a row. Oh, thank you for the apology. I'm going to expect but, very good acting on the, on the next show though. So, Jason. well, well, because, wow. So, well, here's the thing. Tomorrow is just like a breakout show. So for me to say that this okay, player okay. is a breakout, but now it's we're in hot take. So mm. okay, let's let's take this one to a hot take. Daniel Jones will be a top eight fantasy quarterback in yep. 2020. I know Beth uh, likes this one. All right, so he went from breakout now to top eight, which is higher than I have him ranked. But here's the thing about Daniel Jones. 
in the last 10 years, rookie quarterbacks that have played at least 10 games and have averaged 250 passing yards. Andrew Luck, Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Daniel Jones. And yes, I'm removing his week one when he came in and he played five snaps. I'm not holding that against him in games played. But Andrew Luck, Cam, Winston. Yes, Baker had a bad last year, but that's a pretty solid uh, group of quarterbacks to be associated with. He was on pace for over 4,000 yards. He had a pace of 365 rushing yards because he only had 12 starts, but his pace was 365 rushing yards. That would have been tied for the 13th most rushing yards by a rookie quarterback in history. In 12, mm. in 12 starts, his 24 passing touchdowns, fourth all time in 12 starts. His pace was 32. That would have smashed the rookie record. He would have been the only rookie quarterback to ever throw for over 30 touchdowns. Now, he also joined Deshaun Watson as the second rookie quarterback to have three games with four or more passing touchdowns. Th that, that shows you burst scoring. That shows you ceiling. And that doesn't even count the game when Daniel Jones had two passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns. According to a tweet from Daniel Jeremiah, if a team lines up in 11 personnel, which is pretty basic, that's one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. Did you guys realize that the Giants, by 40-yard dash, would have the fastest set of skill players in the NFL, faster than Kansas City, based on the 40-yard dash? The, the, the guys I did that see he, that. The guys that he That's has around him. Though. And here's the Amazing. thing. Daniel Jones had incredible success as a rookie for fantasy purposes. This is all we're talking about. I don't care about his real life. He played with his three wide receivers of, of Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, and Sterling Shepard, the, the, the three starters, four times. Four of his 12 games, he actually had all three starting wide receivers active. And that doesn't even count. That does not even count Evan Ingram. And their defense sucks. They were the 30th worst last year. And who are their big additions? James Bradbury, the 75th rated DB by Pro Football Focus. Congratulations. Blake Martinez, hey, 58th. The 58th rated linebacker. That's upgrade over DeAndre Baker, man. <laughs> but what I'm saying is the defense sucks. They're going to have to score points. Daniel Jones can score points. He's surrounded by talent. I wanted to just label him a breakout, Ooh. but because we're here on a hot take show, I'll bump it up. I will say that Daniel Jones, by the end of the year, will be a top eight fantasy quarterback. My main question is, what is your belief in Darius Slayton? What, what is my belief? Define the question a little bit further. My How much do you like him? Because Barkley and Ingram is nice for those positions, but a yes. wide receiver... What do you mean? A wide go Golden Tate is unbelievably... No, that's exactly my point. Golden Tate is so underrated as a football player... Yeah, as true. a football player and a fantasy asset, Golden Tate to me is great. No, nobody on this team is a one, but that doesn't matter because okay. because the whole the what is the cliche the, the 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 sum is greater than the parts. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. 
No, no, no. The whole is greater than the than sum, the of, sum of the parts. Thank you. Yeah. That's, a, that's what I'm trying to say. There's no number one, but you, but you don't need a number one when everyone on your team is really, really freaking fast. And Saquon mm. Barkley is the re- relief valve. If Evan Engram can possibly play 16 game, which is, I get it. That is a great hypothetical. But if he does, if Evan Engram plays 16 games, he's a top three fantasy tight end. In yeah. in my opinion, because That's he is realistic. he is talented in ways that other tight ends just are not. He's surrounded by speed. He's surrounded by a situation where he's going to have to throw the ball a ton, and he can just let the wide receivers do the work. I I will say this I I don't believe this is going to happen. Like I I'm I, I don't watch Dan Jones and think he is great. You know I haven't seen anything to say. Wow, you know I, I I'm putting my faith in him. However statistically you know you you've brought up good points but the three games that Saquon missed you know Daniel Jones was on pace for like 16 I mean uh, obviously a three game sample very small but like 16 uh touchdowns and a million interceptions once he came back week seven and on and Saquon was back he was he was on a 16 game pace of 38 touchdowns to 12 interceptions yeah, much better with him back there so that's a you know some ammunition in your camp I don't hate it yeah Saquon Barkley very good at football. That is not really? hot. That is definitely <laughs> hot as my Julio Jones take. <laughs> Mike, I love it, man. I've been telling Okada and uh, the real John that they are dinguses for keeping him outside of their QB1 rankings this year. I totally believe top eight is realistic. I don't even think it's that hot. That's how much I believe that this could happen. Um, to me, he is guaranteed to be a top 12 option. That's where I Ooh. feel with Daniel Jones. Again, assuming health, assuming 16 games, yada, yada. But I like it quite a bit. All right, Jason, back to you, man. Hit us with your second bold prediction. All right, I'm going to go with what I believe was the one that I am not the only one in the room who believes this bold prediction. But Cam Akers will be the best rookie running back this season. Um, you know, th- this is... Look, you have Todd Gurley, who's been an absolute beast, obviously, for fantasy on a Sean McVay-led offense, uh, you know, and he, and he's gone. What do they do? They didn't have a first. Their first pick was Cam Akers. They took their draft capital and said, we need a replacement, which what does that say about what they had in Daryl Henderson? What does it say about what they had in Malcolm Brown? And you look at Daryl Henderson. And Says you- they like to waste draft picks on running backs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, they they wasted it on Daryl Henderson, but they don't have the choice this year. There's just no one else there. Those are the three guys. And so, you know, when you're talking about a player who in Cam Akers was exceptionally talented in college, I mean, you watch what he was able to make out of, you know, nothing. And you know, his his burst, his speed, his, his uh, ability to take a hit and find a hole and still get through it. I, I think he matches up great for what they're doing. And you compare it to year one rookie values of Jonathan Taylor Thomas and uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire, and you're saying, okay, well, I'm not sure they're the guy. I think the pathway for a week one workhorse role is as good with Cam Akers as it is with anybody else. I don't think they love Daryl Henderson. And Malcolm Brown is a, as jag as a guy – has ever been he's just Mm. a guy back there so cam Akers, he's got experience with a bad offensive line if he comes in and is in that todd Gurley role uh which i think the probability of that you know i i don't have him statted for that role but i think the probability is far from zero like that he's he's got a legitimate shot to come out 
and be a workhorse back from week one. Um, if that happens, he will easily be the running back one as a as a rookie in 2020. So I think Cam Akers uh, will be the best running back for fantasy in in year one. Yeah, this is definitely the one that I uh, that you stole from me, we'll call it, or that I tried to steal from you and failed. I had I had it written as he'll score more fantasy points than Gurley did last year in this offense, and more than Gurley will score this year in Atlanta. Listen, this this is the most running back friendly offense that we have seen for the past several years. I mean, you look at did Christian McCaffrey have one of the best seasons ever last year? Yes, but that's pr- mostly because he is who he is, and all you have to do is get the ball to him. And there's such there's incredibly easy to get the ball to him in L.A. Sean McVay has so shown an ability to set running backs up to score touchdowns and therefore fantasy points better than anyone. Cam Akers is going to have the opportunity to double-digit touchdowns as a rookie. I don't even think that's too hot at all. And I do think he takes the lead job very, very quickly. Maybe not to the degree Gurley has had over the past couple of years right out of the gate, but pretty close to it. And the other important thing is I think everybody's concerned about the offensive line because it fell off a cliff last year. Two years ago, it was elite. Last year was terrible. They dealt with some injuries last year. They've also added some young guys in the past couple years, including trading for Austin Corbett midway through last season. I think that it bounces back to middle of the road at worst, and it just kind of evens out to where it should be, and that helps boost that offense all the more. So I love it. A, a 10 on the it-could-happen scale. Uh, Mike Mike shakes his head no. Um, I tend to fall in the middle, so I'm going to go to you, Mike. What do you think? Uh, it, it certainly could happen. Like Of, of the... Of the rookie running backs where they have landed, what the place that's the most ambiguous is that a word? Ambiguous. Ambiguous. There we go. There it is. Ambiguous. Ambiguous. It's it's the Rams, but I don't know. I mean, are they gonna throw in the towel on Daryl Henderson? Probability says that yeah, they will. You you spend a third round pick on a guy that can't get on the field at all. Sure, but. I just I, I'm concerned and it, it's all <laughs> Todd Gurley was a touchdown mirage last year and mm. and touchdowns are just not sticky whatsoever. If you have 857 rushing yards and you somehow you come through with 12 rushing touchdowns, I'm you must be in the Rams offense. Uh sure, sure. I and and I'm Team McVay. I believe in Sean McVay. I believe that he is one of the better offensive minds in the league and can, and can get it done. But to make this bet of rookies win in the realm of possibilities is Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the starting running back for Kansas City week one. Like it, we're doing, we're doing realms of possibility here. If they're both the starters week one, then I'm going with Clyde. I would too, and that's in that scenario. If you're telling me he's locked in as the week one starter, then yes, I definitely yeah. am in on Clyde. Jason, real quick, where do you have those two backs, Clyde Edwards Elaire and K Makers, in your rookie rankings? Well, I think the draft capital of the first round puts Clyde Edwards Elaire uh higher for sure. I, I would have to look okay. that up. Um because yeah. you know, probability says that Clyde Edwards Elaire and that offense is going to be um, you know, with, with the draft capital given, he's going to take over at some point in time. Um, I think if memory serves, I've got him in 
you know, up near 15. And, and with uh, Cam Akers, I don't have him ranked there. I don't have him statted. I have him statted out in a timeshare. So he's going to be down in like, you know, yep. probably running back 30. But, the, you know, the the if he takes over that role, I think he's going to be perfect for it. All righty. Good discussion there on the Rams. Um, also, shout out to the the GM and just what they're doing. Like, this team is screwed in like two years, man. I, they're, they're going all in, taking a running back and a wide receiver in the second and third rounds when this defense is scary. It's not going to oh, be good. They're good. All right, Okada. Back they're to you. Pay for the, it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okada, back to you, man. We're going back to the Cowboys with this one. We right? are. Yeah. All right. So this is this is where I come Michael in with my Gallup answer to your question. Michael Gallup Amari Cooper. Okay. <laughs> so hot. That's so hot. Is it's it? It's so hot right now. Is no, it not? it's not. No, that's not hot. That's, that's what a do you luke, mean that's not That's hot. a lukewarm bath. Okay. I mean, if you look on a per-game basis last year, it was already close. Okay, so the full thing is Michael Gallup outscores every receiver on the Cowboys and finishes as a top 14 receiver. Not top 12. He's just outside it, which is why the Cowboys thing doesn't work. But, okay, you guys aren't saying it's that hot, so I guess I don't have to convince you too much. Bets, how are you feeling about this? I mean, I podcast with you multiple times a week, so we talk about Michael Gallup quite a bit. And so just... From that, I feel like I'm rising on Gallup. But in all honesty, we were texting about it the other night, and like I was going through projections for the Cowboys, and I was like, man, I forgot Randall Cobb had over 800 yards last year. So all this CeeDee Lamb hype and all that, he can have 800 yards. Michael Gallup's yes, still could. going over 1,100 this year. And so I'm rising on him. But I think in general, like this is a group of relatively smart football minds, so to speak. The uh, but the general the consensus Betts is that Amari Cooper goes is going he, he goes camping. He pulls out his lighter. And 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 gets the bonfire going. He's like, oh, look, <laughs> look what I have done. I have made fire. <laughs> look at this. Uh, We're like, okay, yeah, so, congratulations. So I think to Betts' point, I think that smart people in this industry don't think this is that hot. But if you said this to somebody who's drafting and hasn't looked at anything until August, it would be crazy. So I'll just break it down and then you guys can do all your agreeing with me since you know it's a great idea. And it's probably actually going to happen. So... Last year, to Jason's point, Cooper averaged 0.2 fantasy points more than Gallup on a per-game basis. Gallup played two fewer games. If he had played 16, he might have just outscored him completely. And over the latter half of the year, after, you know, this this was his second season. In the latter half of the year, Gallup outperformed Cooper in targets, in yards, in touchdowns, two and a half more fantasy points per game than Cooper had. Now he's entering year three, classic breakout season, even though he already broke out. He was better in year two than Amari Cooper was in year two. And to anybody concerned about CeeDee Lamb and all the talent on this team, with Cobb and Witten gone, and Betts, you mentioned how good Cobb was last year, that's 166 targets up for grabs. CeeDee Lamb is not getting 166 targets. So there is plenty. Not when Jarwin's getting 120. Oh. Pass. <laughs> Michael Gallup is maybe the heat, maybe the real heat of this is in how likely I think it is to happen. I'm getting to the point where I'm going to end up raking Gallup within like fewer than 10 spots of Cooper, I think, because I think this is so likely. And maybe by the time the season rolls around, I'll just say screw it and swap them entirely because I think this is so likely. I think that Cooper is far too inconsistent. It's Michael Gallup's team now. I don't know what wow. to tell you. Now, yeah. that I think is the hot take because it's not Zeke's no team. one else, no one else 
in general football thinks that, right? Everyone says Amari's the the one, and it, you know when you look at like overall finish over the course of his career, it's been up and down, up and down, up and down. If you're saying Michael Gallup's going to be the most consistent wide receiver, then yes, I totally buy into that. If you're telling me Michael Gallup's going to have more fantasy points, then I'm saying eh, maybe not, maybe not this year. We'll yeah, see. I, I, I don't, you know, like I, I, I totally understand the the logic on a per game basis. They were so close last year anyways, but you brought it up, right? The second half of the year, Gallup was far better than Amari Cooper. It's just a matter of what you believe in Cooper. Mike believes that Cooper disappeared because that's who he is. That's what he does. I truly believe he was injured. I mean, there were games where we were watching him out there mm. like a complete decoy. He could not. I mean, he was you just he's not even running a route. He's jogging and, and barely turning. And it's like, yeah, he was on the field in those games. So those count to his box score. But he wasn't the guy. And they just gave him one hundred million dollars. Not for no reason. He is going to be the one. So while I think this is not that spicy because I love Michael Gallup. I'm not worried about the, you know, the CD lamb coming in because of the vacated targets, uh, you know, that you mentioned, I don't think this has a high odds. I am on, um, on the Amari Cooper side for this year. I, I would be interested bets. Where, where do you land injury wise? Um, and, and I'm speaking to the real bets, the, <laughs> the, the labeled Okada, but the real bets, where do you land on the injury side? I, you know, when it comes to Amari Cooper, what he went through last year, where he's at now. Yeah, he definitely was not 100% in the second half of the year. There was a Monday Night Football game. I can't remember who it was against, but he was running a route, going towards the left sideline, planted his foot in the ground, picked up an ankle injury. And from that point on, he just was not the same. Now, to what degree was he injured? I'm not sure. He was still out there, like you said, every week. So obviously, it wasn't a, a massive major injury. But when you just watch him move, clearly you could tell he wasn't right. So, yes, I think that that was a huge factor as to why we saw him just fall off the face of the earth last year um, and get sent out in week 16 against the Eagles for the division title. Like, that wouldn't happen if he wasn't at least somewhat banged up, I think. Or that's just the worst coaching we've ever seen. But regardless, yes, I think he was definitely at less than 100% in the second half of last year. What about the All other right, guys? Four? We are on to my second one. What about who? What, what, what about the other four years where Amari Cooper disappears oh. for 50% oh. of the season? <laughs> I blame Derek Carr. Yeah, I can't. Is who he is. No, no injuries there. He is who we <laughs> he thought he was. Is. We kicked him to the he curb and put in Michael Gallup. <laughs> By the way, before Betts gives his final take, can we just reflect on the fact that uh, Jason's background is from the 75th NFL draft, which is 2010, 10 yeah. years ago? How yeah. do you have this? Thank you, Internet. <laughs> Uh, there were, you know, it's, it was hard to find an empty, uh, large enough graphic for a background. This is, you know, I'm doing incredible work over here. Mm -hmm. The best. Fellas, Le'Veon Bell, he's good. He used to be great. He He used to be elite. Is he But he's not, well, we're not sure. He used to play on a good team and have a very good system. This could be be a part of. He was great for fantasy. But I don't think he's finishing as a top twenty-four running back this year. He's gonna have the worst season. Did you just of go with top? Did you just go? With... Wait, wait. Okay, he's I'm sorry. not, he's not going, going to. Be. He's not going to finish as a running okay, back. Okay, all right, all right. I thought you were gonna say. I, I was you with you, Mike. Bell is a top twenty-four <laughs> guy. It's like, is this a hot take show? What's yeah, happening? I, I was with you because at first I thought he was going to make a pro Lev Bell argument. That's when I said, "Oh, I think this could be spicy." Then he says, "Top twenty-four. And I was like, well, that's not spite. No, he couldn't have said that. He's got to say he had to have said he's not top. 24. All right. Okay, okay. Yes, he is not going to. 
fellas, we know Adam Gase. We know what that does to an offense. We don't need to hit that, mm-hmm. that home. But there's a quote mm-hmm. that I just want to read from early May with this team. They said, quote, I do think we have some guys that can maybe help lessen the load on Bell to where it's not all on him. Hopefully we can get some of the younger backs to where we can make a, a good one-two punch to where we can really excel instead of feeling like it's just him all the time. End quote. Mm. Now, they talked about a younger running good back. Younger they drafted backs. one. In LaMichael Pirine, I'm not a huge fan, but they dropped Let's him in the go, fourth round. Let's go, Pirine, baby. On my That's dynasty fine. bench. Woo! But you know what they did? Do? They did do? They t- they signed a not young running back in Frank Gore uh, off the yeah. street That's who true. had more rush attempts inside the 10 than Marlon Mack, Saquon Barkley, Carlos Hyde, and Alvin Kamara last year. Le'Veon Bell is not going to find the end zone at all this year. Mm-hmm. If he's off the field more than he was last year, how yeah. is he going to produce... Guys, oh, I don't see it this hold, year. Hold, hold on, man. Hold please on, give on. please give me the Frank Gore efficiency numbers from carries inside the 10. <laughs> hey, I don't think Adam Gase is smart enough to look at that. and That's true. It, so I it just, might not matter. I just need to hear him because I've heard people use this as an argument before. And uh, I, I know what they are, but I want you to tell everybody what they are. Well, I have to look it up. I didn't write that down. Can you tell me? <laughs> Do you know what they are offhand? Yeah, do you know off the top of your head? Uh, let, let me look if I've Bowie actually. Is, is what they I were, it. yeah. Uh, so let's see. So Frank had, or uh, Gore had 11 carries inside of the five. Crap, what is it? And he like had zero, I think he had zero yards, if I'm That's remembering. That's not good. That is less than one. I, I'll find that in just a moment, fellas. Okay. Okay, while you find that, I will sass bets for this take. Here's the problem with this, bets. That is nowhere near low enough for this to be a bold prediction. Oh, he, yeah. He is currently ranked in Fantasy Pros consensus at RB19 in PPR and 24 in standard. Mm. And mm. I have him ranked in oh, PPR God. outside the top 24. Ranked. Uh, there is no way this is hot enough. You need to make this 36 for me to consider this bold. <laughs> then I'll get on board. You know, it's funny. The fact that when you started talking about Lev Bell as a bold take, I think both Mike and I thought the bold take would be he's back. He is who he Mm. was. And if that's the bold side, it's hard to be a bold uh, on on the, uh, you know, on the. Yeah, I have him as a top 12 running back. You have him as a top 12? I do. No, I do. What are you talking about? I've got him. I've got volume. him at 17 and a half PPR. Oh, his his volume is just, it will come through again. Adam Gaze can say whatever he wants and try and get Frank Gore in here. And and by the way, the numbers on Frank Gore were 11 carries inside the five for, he had two touchdowns and a grand total of zero yards. <laughs> he went backwards several times. So like oh, I said, Frank Gore sucked with oh. all of those opportunities. And like, <laughs> I... Don't give Lev Bell a pass on what I saw on film. I give the Jets a pass. The team was in shambles. The, that offensive line was a disaster. Their starting quarterback got mono. What was that, week two? And uh, may, maybe we can throw to the injury expert on mono, but here's what I know. when In high school, when someone gets mono, they're not back for months. They are gone. They're not playing an NFL game in three weeks. There was 0% chance that Sam Darnold was anywhere close to 80% by the end of the season. So 
I give the Jets a bit of a pass here. He, uh, it's it's on record. I don't like Adam Gase. I don't think he deserves to be a head coach. But Le'Veon Bell and his volume and pass catching, he'll still end up as a top 12 guy. All right, so uh, Okada, you need to rank which is the spicier take outside the top 24 or in, or as the RB12 and which is the more prob- higher probability outside the top 24 or as the RB12? That's not even hard for me at all. Inside top yeah. 12 is spicier and less likely. There is no way in my books. The upgrade to the offensive line is 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 the way. That's the path to me. Because it has to get so line. much better. Well, I mean, they, nobody is. I, I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but off the top of my head, I be, it feels like nobody has spent more on the position than the Jets have this this year. Their offensive line is going to be completely different. Which maybe that you know now you've got issues of. Uh, you know, the, yeah, exactly. The yeah. continuity and knowing each other and yada, yada. But um, they have certainly made huge efforts to improve the offensive line. That's the path I see for Love Bell to bounce back. I just don't project it because I don't believe in Gaze. I think we can all agree <laughs> That's fair. on that. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't like Adam Gaze. Least hot take of the podcast. Yes. Um, classic Mike comes in. He jacks the podcast. He jacks my Love Bell hot take. <laughs> Uh, but, fellas, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, obviously, our listeners know you guys, but tell us more about what's going on with the Draft Kit. Uh, we have partnered as an affiliate with the Draft Kit. Obviously, we have great things to say about it. They've heard us ramble on about it for shows and shows and shows. Sell our listeners. Why should they buy the Ultimate Draft Kit? Yeah, the Ultimate Draft Kit, we've been doing this for years. It's obviously proved uh, very uh, accurate, very useful. Uh, I remember there was a, an independent study done uh, you know, I, I think it was last the, the the previous season on a bunch of different uh, resources, people that won their championships. It was vetted for ch- all the championship winning teams. And then this email went out basically saying, what tools did you use? And it was a a complete and utter domination of the ultimate draft kit. This was the thing to build a foundation. We have Betts's uh, injury information in there. But the tools, the resources, the, the information, they are as good as it gets. You, we've spent so much time statting out every single player doing hundreds of player profile videos where you can watch uh, a breakdown of you know most every major fantasy relevant player and get context behind the rankings not just the rankings so you know are they risky are they safe is there upside is there not and, and I think that's you know and, it, and it's tier based so you you go into a draft just building a better foundation for what ends up winning fantasy football championships. And I would throw in uh, what I'm most proud of about the ultimate draft kit is so the, the product you're buying this year, it's already better than last year. Uh, number one, it's updated all off season, but it by updated, I also, I don't just mean rankings. I mean, we go in and we think what research tools can I add to this right now that will make this thing better. And there's two research tools that I know of because I'm spearheading it and I'm I'm working with our developer right now that I'm hoping I can we can get out in the next month or so but we already have two more tools coming to the product that they're they're just now part of the products uh, making it better making it the best research tool that you can have for the entire summer the entire draft season yeah absolutely love it my favorite thing is just logging into the app every day and then right. you can just see like the little up arrow the down arrow like what's changed as far as play rankings projections all that stuff you guys didn't even mention matt Harmon's reception perception the thing yep, is absolutely he's there as well 
loaded. Go check that out. We have a unique link for you guys. We'll drop it in the uh, podcast description, redshirtsudk.com. And our friends have granted us the code redshirts for 10% off. Seriously, guys. That was nice of us. But (laughs) it is, it was so great of you guys. Uh, It is awesome. Check it out. Jason, Mike, thank you so much, fellas. Um, Obviously, most people know where to find you, but just in case they don't, let them know. And then obviously, for anyone watching on YouTube, let them know your actual Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah, you can find me at Dynasty Beard. Um, no, the I'm, beard I'm, is there. I'm about to get so many I, followers. Uh, at Jason FFL on all platforms. And you can find me at FF Hitman, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. And the fantasyfootballers.com has, it's, that's the hub for the podcast. New website coming. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Ooh, that's also true. Ooh. Stay tuned. Uh, for okada slash matthew betts um <laughs> i am Betts slash okada and for john uh the account is at retro ff pod we are back on friday we're talking top 12 quarterback rankings and fellas i guarantee you daniel jones will be in there for me yes. until next time we are the red shirts thanks for tuning in to this episode of the red shirts fantasy football podcast Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.